Welcome to the latest edition of Let's Do It Live. I'm your host, the People's Commission, and I'm joined by the Ohio resident and uh, dad without a care in the world for the day, Mr. Pizza Baron. Going back to our foundation, just uh, PC and PB tuning in. Mikey the Mush is, uh, well, we haven't heard from him. We think he's on a heater at the craps table at MGM, but... We could be mistaken. He might be face down in a ditch somewhere. It's tough to say. Or a drain pool, you know, uh, along with Frank the Tank. Yep. But I did recently see on uh, ESPN that Pullman City in Washington, the site of College Game Day, has declared an emergency, um, a citywide emergency to prepare for the ruckus as they prepare to play the 12th-ranked Oregon Ducks um, on Saturday. I have a suspicion that Mikey is out there with a sign that set that has his Venmo handle, just looking for handouts on college game day so he can pay off some debts. I, I would, yeah, I wouldn't put it past him. That's actually brilliant. <sighs> I mean, maybe we're the dumb ones for not doing that. I mean, for God's sake, I was in Ann Arbor this past Saturday um, before the Wisconsin game, and I didn't think to put my Venmo tag up there. Uh, it's at. AMS 24 for all those seven listeners of you who want to send me a PBR in the form of $2. What's, on Venmo. The, what's the age limit for Venmo? Is there an age requirement? Cause I'm pretty sure you look below whatever that age requirement might be. Dude, that's why I grew a beard. Four, like 14. I, th- I think it's uh, 18 to drink 14 to party. 14 you know, something 14 ish to, to party. Yeah. Yeah. So at least right. I can party. I mean, the drinking aspect, I, I still don't look 21, so got that going for me, which is nice. Hey, man, you got this. Well, we don't <laughs> we don't have the mush to recap last week, but all I know is I took an absolute bath. Uh, the, only, the only game that I hit was my lock of the week, which was just pure luck. I took the over in Georgia LSU, um, and that they barely s- snuck that one out. But I took Georgia, lost that one. Uh, I went against Michigan per usual. And they actually looked like a real football team and beat the living shit out of Wisconsin and made Alex Hornibrook look like a pop Warner quarterback. Um, That's actually a compliment to him. Yeah, good, good point. 100 yards passing for the game. That's, that's a tough way to go and uh, possibly the biggest game of the season so far. But whatever, I'm happy to see him suck. I was thrilled to watch those terrible ducks go right over the middle, right to Michigan secondary and return one of which for a pick six, pick six. It was an electric environment being in the big house on Saturday night. It was good to see. I haven't been a part of something like that since God, I I don't think I've ever been in the big, you know, electric of a game that lopsided of a victory. Um, I mean, it's it's back to the Lloyd Carr years that we'd have yeah. to, to go back. And for, the, for those of you um, that don't know, PC and I, uh, we started at Michigan the at the beginning of the Rich Rod Tate Forcier era. You can imagine our we, we call it an experiment. It's not an era. An era <laughs> would require you being there more than a few years and winning a couple big that makes games. Sense. Uh, no, it was an experiment. And uh, the best thing to come out of that was Denard Robinson. Who actually, uh, 
you know, went on to set a lot of Michigan records, both in rushing and, and passing because he played all four years there and had some great success under Brady Hoke, eventually leading us to a uh, Sugar Bowl victory in 2012. Yes. It was 2012 yes. over Virginia. Tech. The only uh, good memory I have from our time there was when they came back and beat Notre Dame under the lights. Uh, that was that was a pretty good well, game. We weren't there uh, because we were we, face down yeah. in a pool somewhere. <laughs> I was just going to make that I think same we only joke. saw the fourth that's, quarter. That's really well, that's the only quarter you really needed to watch. Um, and then it was a wonderful night out in Ann Arbor. I believe we headed to our favorite watering hole. Scorekeepers Bar they and Grill. Great game day They really do. The chicken fingers under the heated lamp, uh, delightful, nice crisp on them with a buttermilk ranch, and then all you can drink Long Island iced teas. And they don't even put ice <laughs> in them, so you can uh, consume them at a much quicker pace than really a get the bank beer buck there too. A little extra alcohol. <laughs> all right, let's bring this train back on the rails. Um, so. Even without the mush, we did receive the games he had chosen for us for this week. So we're going to run through and just hope he joins us next week after his lovely trip to Pullman, Washington, uh, to recap how we did, where we stand, who's taking the ACT, who needs to stock up on number two pencils, and uh, you know, bring us five I more be games. Surprised if mush hops on some somewhere around the twenty-minute mark and just takes the train off the tracks yet again. Yes. In a very anticlimactic prediction, I bet you he fell asleep. Yep, probably. Like he's, he's just, he was watching the end of the Pistons game. Hashtag, wow, Detroit is back. Um, 1-0 in the early season. Tried to give it away to the Brooklyn Nets. But, man, Dwayne Casey just leading them to an 82-0 season. Excited to see what happens. Man, that was really and difficult we're off to the get track. through. <laughs> All right. That, that was so we'll tough just, to say. They we'll look terrible. Uh, Anyways. We'll, we'll lead it off here. Um, so we have Western Michigan University traveling to their heated rival, Central Michigan. Um, Central Michigan is favored by four and a half at home. No, they're getting four and a half. Are you sure? Points. Yeah. Central's terrible. You're, you're They're like so one right. in six. <laughs> that, that's why we need the mush. I can't even do this. <laughs> All right. I'll do the next okay. one. Much better. I'll bring it back. Well, since you – okay. Since you botched that so poorly, I'll, uh, I'll bring it back. So, for those of you who don't know, mainly uh, Daniel from Topeka, Kansas, this is known as the fight for the victory cannon. So <laughs> – I, I guess it's their version of the little brown jug between Minnesota and Michigan or the Paul Bunyan trophy. But anyways, central Michigan, they've lost three in a row. Um, the Western Michigan Broncos are five and two. They're still rowing the boat, even though PJ Fleck has moved on to bigger and better things at the university of Minnesota. They're also averaging 483 yards per game um, offensively. Defensively, not so strong, giving up about 380 yards or so. But the chips do not have enough fire to uh, overcome that boat that's coming right through Mount Pleasant and onto the Blue Gator. So I'm taking the Western Michigan Broncos, giving four and a half. So you, I mean, I, I did botch the intro, but you came in and pretty much just said exactly what I was going to say. 
Um, you, you touched on the, the kind of high-powered offense for, for a MAC team in Western. Uh, third, they're averaging 36 points a game. Um, their quarterback, Josh Wasink, has 16 touchdowns, 6 INTs, and CMU's Tommy Lazaro, who sounds like he should be running an Italian restaurant rather than playing quarterback, it, by Italian restaurant, do you mean a Sparrow's yep. Pizza in, in the New mall. York City? In the, the, mall. Off- no, in the mall. Authentic Italian. <laughs> yeah, in the- Even better. <laughs> he only has five TDs versus eight INTs. Um, interestingly enough, CMU is 6-2 and two against the spread in their last eight MAC games. And Western Michigan is 1-4 and four against the spread, their last four five road games. Um, with that Oof. said... I still cannot, in good conscience, take CMU in this game, so I'm going to go ahead and take Western Michigan minus four and a half. I got that one right, didn't I? Yes, you did. I'm just taking notes so we can send it to the mush and he can add it to his Excel spreadsheet that he keeps on his uh, Microsoft I think Surface he does the Pro. spreadsheet on Kid Picks now. It... <laughs> Probably. Anyways, moving on to our next game. We have the 16th ranked NC State Wolfpack traveling to South Carolina to take on the third ranked uh, Clemson Tigers. I think I just made up those rankings, but it's a top 20 matchup. Clemson Tigers are giving 17 points at home to the Wolfpack. PB, how do you feel about this game? Well, I, I, you know, 17 points kind of surprised me. Uh, NC State's entering the game, you know, 5-0. and they're, they're not – I think they're ranked what? What are they, ranked 21st? I think they're 16th in wow. the latest rankings. Completely Let me that, pull these yeah. up. Regardless. Yeah. Uh, okay, Clemson is third and NC State is 16th. I didn't okay. make that up. I mean, uh, nice. NC State has the best quarterback, myself. Ryan Finley. He threw for over 3,500 yards last year. Pretty solid. Um, they definitely NC State cannot run the ball, especially against Clemson's number one ranked defensive line. But uh, you know, I, I feel like Clemson is kind of a little overrated this year. I don't think they're nearly as good as they've been in past years. They they barely snuck by Syracuse earlier in the year. Um, NC State's coach Dave Doran's three and two against the spread versus Clemson and he's covered the last two years. So I'm taking NC state plus 17. Okay. Interesting. Um, they also have the 20. So they had the 21st ranked offense. That's where I got number 21 from. Ah, okay. So it was warranted anyways. Um, I first things first, I think NC state's rankings have been inflated. We had a crazy uh, weekend of college football last weekend um, with a lot of upsets, a lot of people dropping down um, in the rankings. So I think while I think they're a top 25 team, I think 16 is a bit high as the only team they've really played this year uh, was Boston College earlier in the season. And they only beat um, BC by five well, points. They so were supposed to play West the, Virginia, right? But got canceled. Yeah, that game got canceled. Um due to the hurricane. So, I mean, can't hold that against them. But anyways, Trevor Lawrence, um, halfway through the season, he looks like one of the best freshmen in the country, if not the best true freshman quarterback. Um, I'm going to butcher this name. Travis Etienne, I think. I don't know. I think think it's Etienne. 
I, whoever is on the ESPN call changed their mind about three times throughout the coverage. So I'm going with ETN. Um, he's been on an absolute tear. He's been one of the best running backs in the country um, through seven weeks, which is saying something with people like um, Bryce Love and Jonathan Taylor getting a lot of Heisman love early on, um, you know, before we kicked off the season. So that's been quite a surprise. I, too, think 17 points is a lot, especially with an undefeated team coming in. I think Clemson's going to win this game, but it's going to be a lot closer. I think it's going to be within one score, probably around seven points. So I'm also taking the Wolfpack and the points. Well, we're aligned on the first two picks. Uh, If that says anything to our listeners, bet heavy against us as we have terrible records the last couple weeks. I don't know. That, that, that game just sounds like a lock to me, and it's a little scary. Like, I, I feel like I, plus 17 is just like – I think it's a trap game, personally. Yeah, it's a sucker bomb. Um, so, it, you kind of touched on this earlier. Clemson played Syracuse at home. Granted, Trevor Lawrence got hurt, and they had their third-string quarterback in because um, – what's it? Chris Bryant Kelly or Bryant. whatever. The Transfer. Kelly Bryant, thank you. Um, announced that he was transferring, so he wasn't <laughs> suited up that day to take over for Trevor Lawrence. And they really squeaked by Syracuse. Um, granted, Syracuse kind of plays them a lot tougher than other opponents, and it's been close the last couple of years. But um, I just – 17 They also points. barely snuck by Texas A&M. Texas A&M isn't a There's joke. There's no joke, no, I but think, I mean – I think Jimbo Fisher's turned it around. I mean, they got that tight end from JUCO that's – an actual um, valid option for their quarterback. I mean, they brought in a lot of, you know, a lot of talent along with their coach. And I think Texas A&M is a a contender in the SEC. Okay. Anyways, making just off the rails, off the rails. Speaking of (laughs) SEC, we have the Mississippi State Bulldogs, traveling to Baton Rouge to take on Coach O and the LSU Tigers. The Tigers are giving six and a half points this week. Um, so the last two times I've, I've wagered money on an LSU game, uh, lost both times. I took them against mm-hmm. Florida. They obviously lost. And then I thought for sure Georgia was going to roll them last week, and LSU had an impressive performance in basically blew him out of the water. Uh, is Joe Burrow for real? Maybe. Um, I mean, LSU's been ha- had a kind of a tough few weeks. Um, they definitely – I think they have their bye week next week. So I feel like this is kind of like one of those games that they're they're expected to win big, but I feel like they could lay an egg going into the bye week. I, I feel like the team could be run down a little bit. Um, but Mississippi State is – pretty one-dimensional um they can only rush the ball so all lsu really has to do is stop the run um i think lsu wins but i think it's going to be a scary one so i'm going to take mississippi state uh plus six and a half i think lsu wins by a a field goal i I think it's going to be closer than people think all right great analysis thank you It, it was a lot of the same stuff that i had written down um Obviously, you mentioned they, they're coming. the Tigers are coming off a huge victory over Kirby Smart 
and uh, the Georgia Bulldogs. I mean, the Bulldogs looked like they were on a collision course to meet up with Alabama in the SEC championship game again. Uh, Tigers, they continue to surprise us. I thought Coach O might just kind of be an interim coach uh, until they find their guy to replace Les Miles. You know, he didn't have a really uh, great season last year coming in in relief. So I thought this season could you know, be a continuation of that. I've been pleasantly surprised to see that it's not. Um, Mississippi State, they're one-dimensional, as you uh, mentioned. And they also have the most inaccurate passer (laughs) in Nick Nick Fitzgerald at quarterback in the entire SEC. So um, LSU has a very stout rush defense. I think they're able to contain the Bulldogs – um, from a rushing standpoint, they're going to force Fitzgerald to throw, which is a terrible, um, you know, plan for the Bulldogs to take on the Tigers. So, in saying that, I think LSU. <sighs> Man, all right, I'm going to do it. LSU is going to hold that Tiger. Uh, Coach O is going to crush some gumbo after the game. They're going to crush the Bulldogs by way more than six point five. I think it's going to be more like 14 or more. So I'm taking the Tigers. Yeah, I mean, that just seems like the obvious decision um, for me. But the first two games just seem so obvious, too. So I wanted to go against the grain a little bit and take Mississippi State Mm -hmm. just because, I mean, it's just too good to be true sometimes. But uh, you know what? We'll see what happens. Clearly, we have an algorithm that we're running all these games through to give us some output. Yep. A lot the of analysis going on uh, from the PB we, and the BC we, and the PC. We search Google for 20 minutes pre-podcast and go from there. Yeah, that's why it's called Let's Do yep. It Live. Follow us on Instagram at Let's Do It Live. Moving on, we have the USC Trojans um, traveling to Utah to take on the Utes. The Utes are giving six points to the Trojans. Who do you got, PB? Um, well, first of all, um, I feel like Mikey the Mush kind of kind of blew it by even including this game. I mean, it's it's a decent matchup, but I definitely think that uh, Oregon and Washington State should have been the pick here. With that said, um, I hate USC. Um, I bet for against them. I lose. So I almost want to go counterintuitive and bet, I, bet against what I think is actually going to happen. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you're reverse psychology yeah. yourself yeah. again. Yep. So USC is five, fifteen, and one against the spread in their last twenty-one games. So that tells me do not take USC. So I, in saying that, I'm going to take USC plus six, <laughs> plus six because I know that I'm going to lose if I if, if I don't. So uh, with that said, I'm going to lock in my answer. Final answer, Regis. USC plus six. You sure you don't want to use a lifeline on want that to one? Phone a friend <laughs> or ask the audience. Ask well, the audience, but that would better... only, I'd only get 20, 20 votes. Yeah, you get you wouldn't even get a sample size <laughs> of thirty, which would make it valid. Right. So great. All right. So uh, last year in this matchup, USC squeaked by Utah twenty-eight twenty-seven um, behind the arm of Sam, Sam Darnold. This year, USC is two and four against the spread. Utah's three and three. 
I do want to point out that USC's leading receiver this year is Amon Ra St. Brown. Uh, Funny story about him is his brother played at Notre Dame. He is a freshman at USC, and I believe they have a younger brother. The dad purposely uh, married their mom based on breeding potential and gave them all, like, like Egyptian royalty names and changed their last name to St. Brown. He just made up these names. He made up the name St. Brown because he thought it would look good on the back of the uniform. You know what, though? Talk about a great You know what, though? Like, the strategy of just finding breeders, don't hate it. Uh, No. Before I fell in love with my lovely wife, that was my strategy. Going for Mm -hmm. volleyball players and Division I basketball players. Obviously getting well, given uh, your athletic prowess, like they had to be super yeah, obviously athletic yeah, to overcome what you were working time, with. I tried to climb that tree, but I fell down and hit every branch on the way down. Yeah, you were like a koala. Yep. One one eighty on the didn't, head. <laughs> <laughs> didn't work so well for me, but that was quite the analysis that you gave there. I did not know that. What an interesting story. I think it was an ESPN college game day story but it was just so ridiculous to me that the dad changed their last name to saint brown because he thought it would look good on the back of the uniform everything else i was okay with egyptian royalty lines as names i mean that's kind of cool it's different uh breeding for the sake of breeding and having these stellar athletes okay that's an alpha move Uh, that's your choice that's an alpha move but changing your last name to saint brown that's where i kind of draw the line I'd have, I'd have so, to agree with that. So, moving on with my analysis, uh, because I can't trust USC, much like you, I know very little about Utah. So, I was looking back at the schedules, and Utah crushed Stanford earlier this year, 40-21. to 21. Stanford beat USC 17-3. to 3. So using the <laughs> using the like transitive using the transitive property, Utah will beat USC. Okay. So I'm That's taking a full Utah plan, my friend. <laughs> Did you like how I pulled out yep. transitive property? If A equals B and B equals C, then A equals C. I mean, that would you don't get much analysis like that on other podcasts. That's how, why we're the number one in Southeast Michigan. How many Michigan. D1 athletes have you hooked up with via the transitive property? Oh, God, too many. <laughs> like <laughs> a disgusting amount. <laughs> I'd rather not disclose that's, that's that fine. number. Hey, I, I would like to change up the format a little bit here. Uh, given we have such right. a marquee matchup that we want to end on and we probably won't stop talking about. Uh, let's let's do our lock of the week before we talk about Michigan Michigan State. I think that's a very veteran move okay. by you, and because so, you had such a seamless segue, I will be willing to give my lock of the week okay, first. Perfect. My lock of the week, as I have been utterly disgraceful in this category, I'm going just completely off the wall. I am taking the Army Black Knights running the triple option minus eight against the Miami Red Hawks of Ohio. So let's look back at army. You know, army doesn't normally play a whole lot of uh, top 25 teams throughout the year, but they did play Oklahoma 
a couple weeks ago, took him to overtime, eventually lost 28-21. Okay. Also, I'm a bit biased because I am a big fan of the triple option, a la Craig Stinson and the 1977 undefeated Romeo Bulldogs. So, because of the triple option, the 1977 <laughs> Romeo Bulldogs, I'm taking the Army Black Knights minus eight as my lock. Wow. Our, our listeners have a lot to hang their hat on when it comes to betting taking <laughs> that pick. <laughs> Hey, is it even confirmed that if, if Greg I can't ran even the triple view, option in 1977, I feel like you made that because no one can check. No, that. no, we do have film. Okay, he made he made me watch game film in high school. I didn't even play football, and he was making me watch game film from the 1977 season. He he still claims to this day that he would throw the ball three times during a game, two of which would be a touchdown. So, hey. <laughs> that's a that's hey, a great percentage. When when your dad tells a story about his illustrious illustrious high school athletic career, you just smile and nod your head. Yeah, I, I mean, I would agree with that. Uh, so so for my lock of the week, I wanted to touch on this game just because I feel like the listeners would be interested. I already mentioned it earlier, but I I feel like mentioning Oregon playing at Washington State. Both teams are five and one. It's a big Pac twelve matchup. Um, friendly reminder, Mikey is camping out of Martin Stadium. Yeah, it's where it's where college right game day now. is, like you said, and you know, we're, we're not even including it in the lineup. I feel like that's unfair, so I wanted to touch on it. I was looking over uh, the spread. Uh, I think Washington State is minus three is what I saw. Mikey might have a different spread. Um, the Cougars are 8-0 against the spread in the last eight home games and 6-0 against the spread in their last six overall. Uh, with that said, uh, Oregon has looked good this year. Uh, I don't know that I feel comfortable betting against them. Uh, they almost beat Stanford. Uh, they beat they upset Washington last week. Um, both teams have very high-powered offenses. So rather than betting the spread – the over-under is set at 68. The, the stats that I have down. So, 69. 69. Nice. <laughs> Washington State averages 42 <laughs> points per game. Oregon averages 43 points per game so far this year. Both teams have about – they both average over 480 yards per game in total offense. I'm just hoping for an absolute shootout, bloodbath. I'm taking over 68 as my lock of the week. And that's scary because that, that's a pretty high number, but I, I'm feeling confident. Hey, shoot or yep. shoot, man. All right. Now let's get to the game we've all been waiting for. On Saturday noon on Fox, we have the number six Michigan Wolverines traveling to East Lansing to take on Mark D'Antonio and the 24th-ranked Michigan State Spartans. Let me, let me lead off by saying that I hate that this game is at noon. Yeah, it's really infuriating. Really bust my um, nuggets. I mean, I understand that when they scheduled this game, this game time, it was a few weeks ago, and Michigan State looked like a – um, one of those goldfish you get at the county fair that goes belly up after about two days at home in your fishbowl. They, but they, they're scrappy and 
taking down Penn State last week was a big in Happy win, Valley. especially in Happy Valley. Um, no, it, it made their I think, season. I think they got a lot more talent. I think they have a lot more talent than people are leading on. Uh, Lewerke can't be this bad every right. game. He's destined to come out and show show why he's being considered as like a pro talent. Um, this game scares me. And But back, the 12 o'clock time is bullshit. I will be sitting in a class that does not allow the usage of technology. So I'm debating paying an undergrad to walk in every five minutes and just announce the score to me. That should go over well. Yeah. I mean, if I get kicked out, then I just go watch the game. It's a win-win. Yeah, I feel like this game is – I didn't do a whole lot of research for this game. It's more based on emotion than just how I, how I feel about it in general. Um, so far this year, Michigan State has not been able to run the ball, really. Um, they've only put up 165 yards of rushing offense once. Um, they're averaging 3.4 yards per carry. So that means that Lewarkey's going to be forced to throw the ball, you would think. Um, and Michigan mm-hmm. has the best pass D in, in the nation. Um, so, I mean, my, my brain tells me that Michigan covers and, and wins this game handily. But then there's the part of me that M- Michigan State is just in our heads. D'Antonio has our number. They're, they're just a scrappy team. They've won four of the last five. It's in East Lansing. If the weather, I haven't looked at the forecast, which I should have, but like, if the weather is less than stellar, I feel like Michigan State makes it a very close game, and ultimately, I think that they they lose by less than seven um, if they don't upset us. So I'm taking MSU plus seven. I am the Michigan Mush. You heard it here first. I hope that doesn't happen. I think. I think Shea Patterson is a great fit in the offense. I think Harbaugh is going to get that elusive win that he's been searching for for a few years. Uh, I I don't know. I just I don't have a great feeling in my stomach about this game at all. Yeah, I feel very similar. Um, you know, a few weeks ago, people were like, "Oh, this game's going to be a blowout," and. Uh, you know the rivalry has lost its lure for this year. Allure for this year, and and man, Michigan's going to crush them. I hate I hate that type of talk because it, it's those that go in with the inflated ego before the game that have the most to lose. And um, this game is scary. You hit on a lot of good points. I want to bring up one key metric that I'm utilizing in my analysis. And that's since Mike Hart called state little brother, Michigan state is 10 and O against the spread against the university of Michigan and eight and two outright last 10 games. That is outrageous. And I wouldn't even hear it. It just hurts so bad that this, this little clip, of him speaking with a very inflated ego has led to a Michigan state dominance of this rivalry. With that being said, streaks are made to be broken. Harbaugh, Shea Patterson and the Michigan Wolverines break that streak. They cover and the streak goes to 10 and one against the spread over the last 11 since Mike Hart 
was a bonehead and cursed us for the next decade. So I was kind of on the fence, but I think we need to have, you know, more than one pick different just so I can make up ground or, you know, lose ground. So I'm going with Wolverines. They looked stellar last weekend. They did look good. They really did. They looked great last weekend. Um, Yeah. I, it's it's just a scary game for me. I don't I don't know. Um, I feel like Michigan's trending the right way. Um, you know, there's actually a there's a defensive end named Zach Harrison that goes to uh, Olentangy Orange High School right down the road for me. I think he's the number two recruit in the nation, a five star recruit. He was in Ann Arbor over the weekend to, to see them host Wisconsin. And I think he's leaning that way right now um, after visiting. I just – I have to think that if Michigan loses this game this weekend, that changes his thoughts. I I, I think we need – Michigan has to have a strong performance, and I think they need to blow Michigan State out in order to land this this five-star recruit coming out of Ohio State's backyard. Um, So I'm hopeful that this game – means more than the rivalry for me uh -hmm. yeah i mean for me i'm just sick of losing to our biggest rivals and any michigan fan that claims michigan state isn't a big rivalry game is just kidding themselves i don't care if it's basketball football or field hockey we play state i mean there's agreed there's added hype around it. it um Granted, like our biggest rivalry is against Ohio, Ohio State, as it's one of the greatest rivalries in all sports. But that's one A, one B is Michigan State, you guys. Know, and don't sleep on the Spartans. No, I'm, ever. And I'm going to touch on that too. Like as a Michigan alum, I would rather beat Michigan State than Ohio State. I don't know why. I just hate. I hate Michigan State with a passion. Mm-hmm. Just I respect them. But I, I respect I them too. And I mean, I even hate that I'm probably going to put money on them this weekend to ease tension a little bit for myself. But I, I just can't stand that that football team, and I, I want Michigan to kill them. But history, history shows, as you said, that it's probably not going to happen. Yeah, streaks are made to be broken. I hope you're right. That's what I keep. That's what I keep telling myself. All right, that's enough for us. We've really overstayed our mumbled on, but yeah, but I've enjoyed the OG Let's Do It Live group back in action. Just the two of us doing dudes being dudes, dudes, no rehearsal, all that kind of stuff. Quick shout out to our sponsor, MB Sportsbook. DM us TB12 on our Instagram at, at Let's Do It Live, and you'll get some sort of free play. Still no Hawaiian shirt button. Hawaiian button-down shirt sponsor, which is bullshit. Someone just buy us a fucking Hawaiian shirt and just send it to Lewis Center, Ohio, and then I'll get mine at Christmas time. Can can we please get another sponsor? Just anyone out there, if you have a startup and you and you want just a, a free read for God's sakes, we get nothing from MV Sportsbook. Right. <laughs> We're we're to the point of begging. Yeah, we're we're begging. All right. It's okay. There's no shame here. <laughs> That's enough for us. We need to turn the lights off. No one's home. 
the pizza baron needs to play some loud Greta Van Fleet and really enjoy his solitude down home before Carson comes back and got a long night of uh B- what is it BBC Lounge? <laughs> oh, <laughs> BBC Live BBC Lounge. Live Lounge and a lot of YouTube videos ahead of me. So uh, uh, that's only when we're together. Right. And we watched the uh, that and the Bradley Cooper air guitar down by the river. Repeat. Down by the river. Thank All you right, guys for stopping by. We'll stop rambling now. Go blue. Uh, I hope that I'm wrong. So we will see you guys next week to uh, to touch on it. Go blue. Have a great week, guys. Just laughing. I thought it was funny. Another got excited. It's it's good. You know, sometimes you get your little brother excited when you're playing basketball and stuff. You let him get the lead. And then you just come back and take it back. Did you think of Mr. Crazy Little Brother? Yep. Damn it, Michael!